Welcome to I Remember, a podcast about the power of reminiscing to increase your self-esteem and sense of meaning in life. I'm Eileen Fine. Through conversations with guests from the worlds of art, nature, science, and culture, I take you on a journey of these kinds of mindful moments that are unique to each of us, but experienced by all of us that have changed the course of our lives. All designed to give you a feel-good feeling and help you be mindful of your own moments of self-resilience and connection. That opportunity starts now. This is I Remember. Today I am talking about of a journey over time uh, with a common linking thread of, of all things and people, Billy Idol. And you might think, where could she possibly be going with this? Um, so let me explain. You know, normally I, um, with guests and my own sharings, I focus upon certain years in time and transitions and some of them being, um, either personal or some on a global scale, things that are really big and within those times, moments of connection that help to ground you and make you present and kind of connect to that highest thought within you. Um, And it came to me in thinking about what I wanted to talk about on this um, episode, that I have a really interesting story to tell if I actually do pay attention to you know, as I, as I think of these connection points. So it starts um, like around 1982 when I'm making the transition between eighth grade and freshman year. And that's a really hard time, if you remember. Um, you know, there'll be kind of those that are at one end of, of, of the spectrum and being kind of freaks and geeks and not feeling comfortable with themselves and having a bit of social awkwardness and not understanding the groove of things. And then there's a, there are others that just seem to get it and are kind of moving in kind of popular circles, if you want to call it that, and have a more self uh, sense of identity and confidence. Um, and I think maybe, maybe today's teens have that figured out a little bit more. I don't know. I've seen, I think they have a lot more pressure now because of social media. Um, So I don't know really how much has changed in actuality. But back to me in 1982, um, I had been friends with a girlfriend of mine for a long time who was definitely at the other end of the spectrum. I was completely in the freaks and geeks category in feeling so uncomfortable in my own skin, Um, still not maturing, looking like I was probably 10, um, and had decided at some point to fix a cowlick in my bangs before I started high school by basically chopping all of my bangs off. So that was a great start um, to high school. And at that time, Billy Idol was number one. I think it might have been Rebel Yell that had come out. And my friend was a cousin to Billy Idol, and I can't remember if it was a first cousin or a second cousin. It doesn't matter. And anyhow, her family had been able to get tickets for her and a bunch of her friends and her mom and her aunt to go not only to the concert, but to go backstage to meet him. And God help this poor girl, because I think she had grown beyond me, but our 
moms were still best friends and there was still that connection. So somehow I still ended up being able to go. So this is a huge arena um, concert, which in and of itself was amazing. And then we go backstage. And this for me is, if I have to look across kind of a spectrum of my life, an incredible moment of just joy. You know, we think about happiness, but happiness is really a long path that goes up and down. This was a firework blast of just joy. The energy of going backstage after a show, if you've ever had that experience, never mind being whatever I was at the time, 13, 14, was incredible. Now add into that all of the stars that were there. There was um, Rick Ocasek from the, the Cars, who I think had opened for them, and Paulina, the supermodel that he was married to at the time, were there. There were just people walking all over the place, and God only knows really the activities that were going on, but the energy and just the sense of being a part of something that was so cool and ginormous beyond me was enormous. And then we go down this hallway, and Billy Idol is in his kind of green room, I guess, you know, with all of his entourage, completely drained and sweaty, and getting to meet him in person, getting introduced to him, which I'm sure he has absolutely no memory whatsoever, even within the second it probably happened, because the energy that you have when you're on stage, I can't even imagine the high that you're on you know, afterwards. So here he is meeting a bunch of 14 year olds that, you know, some of them are his family and then some are friends and him being good enough to do that. Um, that is my moment of just absolute coolness, joy. And if I look at it, it makes me laugh because it was so something that should be in one of these movies that are coming out now, you know, like, um, eighth grade, as far as what was I doing there? Um, but it stuck with me and it was an incredible experience. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm in high school. I've kind of moved into my own clique of friends and my best girlfriend is part of this really big family that are just the coolest tribe is all I can say. Um, they have this huge kind of unique house. They go on trips together. She's got all these older brothers, much, much older than us, um, well, I guess not that much older than us. At that point, we were 16, 17, and they were in their, I guess, like 20s or so. Um, but her one brother, Billy, uh, ironically, to me was the coolest person on the planet. And I would probably have to say was my first love crush, kind of in a Jake Ryan 16 Candles but not healthy kind of way. Um, and he would, you know, had his black Fiero and just was the most handsomest guy and would play Billy Idol all the time. And I remember um, going out to, they had a house out in West Hampton that of course they had built themselves, this incredible place on the beach. Back in the day when the Hamptons, you could actually be a family and live out there. It isn't as crazy, as expensive as it is now. This was, you know, in the 80s. Um, and being in his convertible and just feeling, just this feeling of, again, not healthy, but adoration, love in being a part of something, not only being with him and having Billy Idol play on the 
radio and just seeming just by being within his proximity of being cool and part of something, but really feeling this kind of sense of uh, teenage love and just the glow of that. Knowing, of course, the crushing crush, which is why they call it a crush, that's going to happen soon. But within that moment, it was incredible. Flash forward again, 30 years. Okay, I'm in LA now. Um, I am 41. I have left agency. I went out on my own to work on my own. I'm kind of working on myself, bringing myself to a good place. I've met my now husband, Lewis, who has um, helped me to discover Los Angeles and kind of move beyond where I was living in Marina del Rey, where I was always west of Lincoln, AWOL as they call it, and just stuck by the beach. And he helped me to explore and really discover and fall in love within Los Angeles. And one of those things was really starting to appreciate what good sushi is. And there was a place that we would go to that unfortunately is no longer there called Nishimura, which is right across the street in West Hollywood from the Pacific Design Center. And it was the most beautiful place aesthetically and the most exquisite sushi you could imagine. When you would walk in, um, like any true Japanese place would be, you, there was no walking in front door. You would have to go off on the side and you couldn't really see where the entrance was. And you would walk in it was all wooden slates and there was a zen garden with a fountain and kind of a salt stone outside the front door you would walk inside there were only about maybe 12 tables total very serene beautiful um handmade uh pottery that he used for plates Nora jones playing and we would go there every saturday I don't know how my husband afforded it. It was the most expensive sushi you could imagine. Um, but the sushi chef was kind of like the, you know, the soup Nazi, if you want to say, that you just got what he gave you, and it was incredible. So we're sitting there one Saturday night, and um, Christine, the hostess, comes over to us, and she's like, would you guys mind moving your car over? Because there were just two parking spaces in the front, because uh, there's somebody that's trying to pull in their motorcycle. So Lewis was talking to the sushi chef. I said, yeah, I'll go move it. So I walk outside. I go through the Zen garden, around the winding door. And I look, and a guy takes off his helmet, gets off his motorcycle, takes off his helmet, and it's Billy Idol. <laughs> and so I move the car. I get out. He nods to me. He's like, thanks a lot. And I say, sure, no problem. While I am saying this, my mind is traveling all the way back in time. It was like time stood still in a continuum. And I went through almost like a movie, all the different people that I have been over the years and all the ways that I felt about myself and saw myself and believed in myself and about myself and how many different places in my life this man had been connected about what I believed in myself and the relationships I had. And here he was standing in front of me on another, just like it had been, whatever, 30 years before on a very personal level. But I was a completely different person. And honestly, I'm sure he is too, um, after all he's lived in. But I didn't say anything. I just said to him, no problem. We both walked inside. I was on a date. He was on a date. He sat down at his table. 
we sat down and had our dinner. And for the next two years, every Saturday night when we would go there, he would be there and we would nod to each other. Um, and my relationship with Lewis kind of grew and flourished. And eventually we got married and had Olivia. And unfortunately, Nishimura closed. So I don't know where he is now. Uh, but Billy, if you happen to hear this, I hope I see you someplace in LA again soon. And I thank you so much for playing a role in my life of which you have no awareness, um, both through your music and just through the intersects that we've had. Um, and I think the lesson is, you know, pay attention to the details and realize that, I know, obviously it's a cliche, life is a journey, but where you start out is never where you think you're going to finish. And that if you are kind enough to yourself and aware enough and present, the end of the journey is never actually the end. It continues on. And the place that you can be at 30 years after feeling like such a misfit and so disconnected from yourself can be so different um, just by giving yourself the gift of your breath and compassion and love. I'm Eileen Fine, and you have been listening to I Remember, a podcast about the power of reminiscing and mindful moments of connection. To learn more about the power of reminiscing and mindfulness to help you live your best life, visit us at thetinybalcony.com.